If you are looking to continue developing your coaching skills or have a new coach that you'd like to train or onboard, check out our upcoming activity coaching clinics. We are hosting both our basics and advanced clinics every Monday for our basics clinic and Tuesday for our advanced clinic from 1.30 to 3 Central Standard Time. It runs October 2nd through November 6th, and you can learn more and register at heatherpriceconsulting.com. Hey, everyone. Welcome to Activity Coaching Conversations with Heather and Sabina, where we discuss coaching strategies for the overachievers, the slow starters, and everyone in between. We're going to share everything we know about instilling early success habits, the science behind activity, and how to build a values-based, FR-centered coaching philosophy. Activity Coaching Conversations is all about balancing accountability with the art and science of coaching. Hello, listeners, and welcome back. Today, we are in for a treat. We have a guest speaker, Jennifer Hensley, who I will introduce in just a few minutes. Today, we are going to talk about marketing strategies for new FRs. And while Sabina and I know, obviously, that this podcast is all about activity coaching. Um, it's also about activity coaching conversations. And rarely do you help a new rep get up and started without discussing some form of marketing strategies or how they are going to market with their new practice. So we're excited uh, to bring this topic to you today. Um, hello, Sabina. Welcome. Hello. It's good to be back as always. It is. It's great to see it you, is. Jennifer. You too. Yeah. All right. So let me introduce Jennifer. As owner of Playmaker Coaching and Consulting, Jennifer Hensley created a winning system that has been proven to achieve top-tier results. With two decades of Northwestern Mutual experience on the Kansas City leadership team and in the corporate headquarters, she has helped over 1,500 advisors and 80 offices achieve compound growth. Jennifer has been involved in every aspect of the field in some way, and what she found was that her experience on the playfield as center midfield setter or point guard allows her to see the whole field, make unique plays that get the ball to the right player at the right time, allow everyone else to stay in their position and the team to score more. If marketing is overwhelming, inconsistent, or unintentional, as a playmaker for your business, Jennifer's team helps you play your position. Stay on offense and create a playbook to score more ideal clients and raving fans. Her best teammates are her husband, Keith, and her daughter, Samantha, who always push her to play her own game and stay on offense. She believes it's important to live with intention. This year, her word for the year is light. How can she make marketing light work for you? And um, on a fun uh Personal note, she just finished a triathlon last weekend, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah very exciting. Awesome. It was kind of fun to watch your, Ooh, watch your journey. So Thank you. Yeah, very fun. Um, and then also on a personal note for me, Jennifer is one of um, the activity coaches in the Heather Price team. So um, have gotten to know Jennifer well over the years and just appreciate all the skills that she brings to the table. So thank you for being here. Well, thank you. It's great to be here. And I think that's what led to a lot of this conversation today too, was some of those activity coaching conversations and some of the things that were coming up around marketing that uh, just seemed like it would be great to be able to share with more people and give them some things that can help them uh, early on in the business see even more success. Absolutely. All right. Well, let's start with just um, a definition in general. So marketing seems to mean different things to different people. Uh, what does the term marketing mean to you and why is it so critical um, to a new advisor? 
Well, I love hearing how each person defines marketing. Um, and I'd love to toss this back over to the two of you actually to start. Well, what do you think of when you hear the word marketing? <laughs> do you want to go first, Sabina? Go for it. Sure. I, when I think of marketing, I think of it as the thing I'm not good at. I, I once had someone <laughs> tell me, you're the worst self-promoter I've ever met. <laughs> you know, they were laughing because I, you know, I'm, I'm still here, you know, 22 years later, but I'm, I am, I, I am not good at marketing, which is promoting yourself. I think putting yourself out there saying, Hey, come work with me. Anyway. That's, that's, well, I, that's I love that because definition. I hear so often uh, from advisors that they're like, oh, I'm not really doing any marketing, but um, there's probably more that they are doing that maybe they're just not thinking about uh, from their perspective with it because something's sure. working for them. Mm-hmm. Uh, what about for you, Heather? I think we are always mm-hmm. marketing. Like I, I think people just don't know it, right? In some way, shape or form, we're always marketing ourselves. It's how we show up. It's who we are. It's our brand. If I had to narrow it down to one word, I think of sales. I was a marketing major and I know people are like, you sales, but we're always selling something. We're selling ourselves. Or I think anytime we promote something, it's because we want people to buy what we're selling. Um, so that's what comes to me when I hear marketing. Yeah, I love that. And that was exactly the direction that I like to take with it is a very broad, all-inclusive um, definition of it. Because I think marketing touches everything from compliance, unfortunately, to operations, to practice management, mm-hmm. to you know day in and day out and everything you're doing. So it's things from like sending a flyer, or connecting with somebody on social media. It's a networking meeting when you introduce yourself. It's how your team answers the phone. It's how others are talking about you. It's what a prospect sees when they Google you. It's part of everything. So I totally agree, Heather, with the way that you think about it is that it integrates with everything we're doing when we're not even thinking about it. And because of this and the fact that 74% of consumers rely on digital as part of the purchasing decision, marketing is no longer optional. You know, introductions are still the lifeblood of referral-based businesses, but can marketing make it easier to get more introductions or help you bring in another 20% of leads from other channels? Definitely. You know, marketing helps you to be more bulletproof that if any one thing isn't working, you have other lead sources and it gives you more control. And as a new advisor, it can really help you to create more awareness of your firm while building more credibility for you, which getting started early on is huge to have that that trust factor. Well, I know in activity coaching, we're talking about that all the time, right? Where do I get more leads? How do I reach out to more people? So it's kind of hard not to talk about marketing when we're talking about coaching new advisors. So um, one of the questions we often get from the new advisors we're working with is, well, where do I start with marketing? What advice would you have for a rep that's asking that question? Yeah. And I hear this all the time, even not from just new reps, but all reps they are like, I don't even know where to start. Well, I think it starts with using what I refer to as the SVC approach. And that's what makes all the difference. Being strategic, leading with value in a way that feels authentic to you and is consistent and connected to your overall business plan. It's what allows you to get more traction action and will grow with you as your practice evolves. So when we think about that, the first part of being strategic is think about what are your goals and what's getting in the way of those goals and the vision that you have for your business. We don't want to just start with a tactic like, hey, you should have a Facebook business page, but it's really about what are we trying to solve for? You know, without that, we're just shooting without aiming. You know, so as advisors gain more success, we're often most focused on how to attract more ideal clients. We want more of those A plus, right? But for new advisors, we're often talking about how do we just set more appointments and how do we use marketing to support that? 
And then from a value perspective, what's the problem you solve and for who? You know, the more we can get specific about your markets and your clients and the problem that you solve for them, it's going to make all the rest of your marketing so much better and easier. You can actually focus in on helping others and showing up for them and being authentic to you, which makes it all the more fun as well. You know, it doesn't have to be perfect, but the more niche and more simple language you can use, the better. You know, recently, Amy and I were working on this for her practice, and by reaching out to some of her clients and asking them for their feedback and what they really valued most and how they described their work with her, it was immensely clear that what they valued was the fact that she understands and works with other dental professionals just like them to help them worry less and to smile more. You know, this is the step that others are skipping. And while it will evolve over time, the sooner that you can lean in, the more success you will truly see. So being a different, excuse me, being different allows you to grab interest, attract the right clients, and makes it easier for other people to introduce you. You know, an average business has about 44 competitors, but financial services, I think there's probably that many in your <laughs> office, if not more. So your number one responsibility is to differentiate yourself while also connecting so that prospects feel like they, you understand them. And then finally, that it's consistent. It's better to do less and do it consistently to know what works and what doesn't while you continue to build your playbook that every business owner should have over time. Then you can add in more plays to your playbook or more sophisticated plays that you can run with your marketing. So you can look at those forum practices and say, wow, that's awesome, or the things you hear on stage, but what can you do today? It's just like how you might talk with your clients about compound growth, right? Of getting started early, doing what you can and building on it over time. It's the same way with your marketing of starting and trying to be consistent and then reviewing it every 90 days. So I believe that you deserve for marketing to make sense and it for it to generate results for your business. And this is the framework of the marketing winning system that really allows advisors to score more of those ideal clients. Wow, that's a lot of really good information. Like I was just going, wow, wow, it, it all makes sense to me. Some of the things that really resonated, number one, was doing less, but doing it consistently. It's so hard, right? We all want to do everybody's business. do it all. Yeah. We have all these great ideas, especially advisors, and that's what makes them really successful a lot of times, right? Mm -hmm. is they have so many ideas, but it's bringing it back to what can you do and do consistently mm -hmm. that's right for your practice, not just somebody else's. Yeah, I mean, I struggle with that. And I think we, we get in a, a rut or even if it's something good, we, we do something good for a while and then we stop doing it. Um, and we don't I'm sure you've heard that all the time from advisors yeah. too, right? Yeah. Why and did I do you quit it doing it? Exactly. <laughs> it was working for me. <laughs> exactly, exactly. The other thing that I really liked was the question, what's the problem you're trying to solve? To me, that is your go-to market strategy. Like when you're talking to people, it's your elevator speech. It's when people say, what do you do? You want to tell them how you're going to help and the value that you're going to provide. So I really liked that. Getting down to the foundation and asking that basic question, what's the problem that you want to solve? Sabina, any questions on your end? Nope, but it makes me realize um, I have always done one thing. <laughs> you know, I've never, I knew I wasn't all things to all people. And I, so I feel like I, I have, I have a niche and it's, it's one thing and I do that one thing well. So it's actually, this is really helpful to me in my poor self-promotion. <laughs> yes. And often advisors are concerned that like if they go niche that then it's going to turn people off. People won't want to work with them. And you're not saying no mm -hmm. to anybody by being niched, but you're just really helping people to have right. more clarity on who to introduce you to and who you can best help, which is where you're going to see the most success anyway. So the sooner you can start to embrace that, really the more success you will see. 
I think you become more efficient when you go niche too, right? Because you get to know that market better. You get to know those people better. Um, the problems you're trying to solve are more similar. There's just efficiencies in that um, from my perspective. Sabina, what were you going to share? And I think it it allows you to truly be yourself. I think when you when you do a niche, like when you find your niche, it allows you, it. to me, that's the area that most works with who you are naturally. And I think we are all at our best when we are who we are naturally. We're not trying to be um, someone that we're not. Right. Yeah. One of my favorite things to do with advisors is we go through this target market analysis and we, you know, kind of similar to what they probably do when they first come in, you know, they're kind of evaluating some of their markets, but we go through it and we kind of compare them and ask them just to kind of rate themselves in different areas. Like, do you have a center of influence in it? Is it your natural market? How profitable is it? Just different factors. And that really helps them shed some light on um, what they're most excited about, where the most potential is, uh, and leaning into that opportunity. So new advisors often spend a lot of time reaching out to old connections. Um, we're all familiar with the natural market, right? Calling on your family, calling on your friends, maybe calling somebody that they went to school with years ago um, or that they knew growing up, growing up, but they haven't talked to them in ages. So how can they have more success in that space? Yeah, definitely. You know, you don't want to burn through all those kind of warm leads you know, in the wrong way at the beginning. So the what I encourage everyone to do is focus on being known, liked, and trusted because people want to do business with people that they know, they like, and they trust. So most of our advisors, I think, are pretty likable. You know, that's part of what makes them successful in this business is being able to build those relationships. But if it's somebody you haven't talked to in 20 years or somebody that's just been referred to you, you have to think about your digital presence being a big part of establishing that relationship early on. So there's 10 keys to success with how you can be known, liked, and trusted. One, be easy to engage with. To be personal, it should be about 95% relationship building and about 5% selling. So make sure that you have that right mix. Three, show up for others, you know, help and support them. And we were just talking with one of the advisors in activity coaching this morning. He was talking about how much success he's had just by helping someone who didn't have the money, but they referred him to somebody else that really did. So just showing up and adding value and it pays back. Ask for feedback versus asking for, for somebody to buy. This is something I think is often underused and overlooked is we go to those people closest to us and we ask them immediately to become our clients versus asking them, hey, would you go through this process and give me feedback on it? Can you help me uh, achieve more success from that perspective? And people are much more often open to the idea of giving you feedback. And then eventually they will probably come around and be your clients. But if you start with feedback, you're opening that dialogue. Don't wait to subscribe to email for when they become a client. Remember, it's 1031, right? We all know that. So do it sooner in the process. Get them into your system. Utilize storytelling to share a story of a time that you needed an expert or your belief statement or your separation statement. When everybody else tells them X, what do you tell them? What makes you different? Utilize testimonials. You can use them. Yes, it has to go through compliance, but utilize testimonials to talk about your character, your values, how sharp you are, your work ethic, the previous experience you've had that helps you now as an advisor to be so successful or how you've grown. Do some social media snooping on your ideal clients and see how they're using social media and what seems important to them or how they're engaging. 
and conduct a target market analysis. We were just talking about that. You know, when Luke went through this exercise recently, he noticed that, wow, if I just had one more COI in my market, that would be huge. So he went and met with somebody after our discussion, and he met with somebody he thought could be an influence for her for him. And out of that discussion, he walked away with eight ideal introductions just from that one meeting. And that's exactly the type of thing that we like to help advisors do. And then finally, share your message consistently everywhere. So Heather, you talked at the beginning about marketing is everything and shows up and everything we're doing. Exactly. It's the thing that you have the most control over is getting your message out there and sharing it across all your platforms in a way that resonates with your ideal client. So one of the exercises I like to do with clients, I'm going to ask you guys to play along with me because I'd love to hear your thoughts on this, is if you could describe your brand with three emojis or icons and everything, what would you choose and why would you choose those emojis? <laughs> Who wants to go first? <laughs> oh, this could be funny. <laughs> I don't mind. I'll go. I don't mind. Um, so... I would say the, because I just think about the ones I use the most when I'm texting with people. The first one is the touchdown hands, you know, the celebrate. I think I, people have different, I think of themselves, somebody tells me there's something great, they get touchdown hands, you know, because nice. I'm an encourager and a celebrator. Um, the other one is the smiley face with the stars in the uh, eyes, yeah. uh -huh. you know, like to me that says, hey, that was awesome. Um, and the third one. <laughs> The third one is the nerdy one with the dark frame glasses because I am a thinker. You know, I am yeah. like I'm a like I like data and information and, and that kind of thing. So my celebration um, is always like people know if I tell them they did something good. Um, they know I mean it because I don't throw a praise. I don't throw idle praise around. So when when Sabina tells you, you did something good, people are like, "Ooh, that means something." So those are those would be my three. That's awesome. I love it. Now <laughs> I'm thinking about all these emojis actually. that I haven't used either. That I'm like, oh, now when I think about it that way, <laughs> I should start using some more of these. What about you? For you, Heather? Well, I think you know I have to separate how I see myself versus how I think others see me, right? Because I do think there's how I feel inside. And then, of course, there's the which emojis I use the most. So I could go 100 different directions. Uh, to Sabina's point, I was right away, the first one I thought of was the clapping emoji. emoji. My kids even say, oh, mom's happy clapping because, you know, I'm like, oh, yay. I'm always celebrating and cheering people on. I think that's such an important role as a coach. So I would say the clapping hands. Um, for some reason, the sunshine. Like I just, like positivity, um, be a ray of light for the people that you're working with. Um, so sunshine would be one. And then I think of the, the yogi one, the person sitting oh. in the yoga instructor. Um, I try to be, you know, a sense of, of calm and hope and, you know, meditation and thought provoking. I like to ask a lot of questions and to me that evokes, you know, meditation and thought. And so the yogi was that's awesome. Yeah, a lot of self-discovery, mm -hmm. I know, right. with those questions that you ask and everything. So, I mean, for, for me, I, I would choose a soccer ball, yeah. not surprisingly, and everything, uh -huh. of being able to see the field, connect, mm -hmm. help people score, uh, and just, you know, a passion of myself, too, to, to be that athlete, uh, to always showing up and, and bettering myself. A light bulb, especially with my word this year being light, mm -hmm. um, but how can I make things easier? I love to be mm -hmm. that curator of bringing new ideas to the forefront mm -hmm. of, like, hey, have we thought about this? Where could that play in?
And then the third one I think I would choose would be a tree. Uh, and I choose that because, um, you know, a tree or a plant to help them continue to grow, you've got to prune them and grow uh, for them to continue to grow back even better. And it's probably one of the hardest things for me, I would think, but is one of the best things is, is trying to uh, realize those things that I can get better at and how can I shape and evolve um, my growth trajectory by doing new things and stretching myself in different ways. So I think this is a great exercise, you know, to ask other people what they're thinking. It's just very thought-provoking and gives you a different layer of insights on how they think about themselves and what's important to them. Mm -hmm. And I know you guys were recently talking with Lyle Marinick, too, yes. about values. And I think it goes really closely with that, just a different angle on it of who you are and what you really want to show up, how you want to show up for other people. So how do you, such a fun exercise. I love that. I could see myself reusing that. So thank you for the idea. Yeah. When you ask an FR, what their emojis are, right? <laughs> how do you then take that and tell them, pull that forward? How they, how do they push that forward in terms of how they show up or how they market themselves? Yeah. So, I mean, it can be in many different ways, but we certainly talk about some of their brand messaging, you know, and we're going to talk a bit more about this on like utilizing digital love. How does that come through? If, if it's a key to you to be, you know, asking questions, does your content feel very inviting? Are you putting content out there that you're asking other people for their feedback or their ideas or provoking thoughts and insights? Um, so how does that show up with how people experience you, whether it's through digital or just even in your client experience as well? You know, if it's if it's really important for, for like me to be bringing new ideas, if I'm just in reactionary mode and like, uh, you know, not bringing new thoughts to the forefront, then I'm not living in alignment with what I want my brand to represent either. That makes sense. Um, so those are some of the ways that we start to talk about that of then how can we start to make sure that those, those themes are showing up in the way that people are encountering you. And then certainly we also often are getting feedback, like I said, from clients asking them, you know, what do they value so that, like you said, you know, you're like, hey, here's my perception of myself, but what do other people mm -hmm, think? Because mm -hmm. it may or not, not be exactly the same. So having that validity from your clients can really give you that confidence and additional clarity on this is the market that you want to work with and this is really the, the value and the way that they describe it. Because we can tend to use our expert language, you know, <laughs> especially all of our acronyms and things at mm -hmm. NM versus how can we really talk more in a, um, what they say, the average reading levels, like fifth grade or something really mm -hmm. low, you know, we have to bring it back and make it really more simple. I can't wait to go home and ask my kids what emojis they would give me. I can just yeah. imagine this could be They probably know so many more than any of us, right? <laughs> It'll be interesting like to see what they come up with. Or Half of them I don't use because I'm like, I don't know if I know exactly what that means. I don't want to right? <laughs> say the wrong thing. <laughs> Too funny. Too funny. That's funny you say that. I'm forever checking the emoji dictionary. Like, <laughs> I want to use this one, but I'm not really sure it means, and it saved me a couple of times. I didn't even know there was an emoji dictionary. I'm going to have to look that up. <laughs> Learning oh, yeah. new things all yeah. the time. If you, if you Google emoji meanings, you get a whole dictionary. Yeah. Oh, too funny. Um, Jennifer, you had mentioned um, like the digital presence. Um, digital marketing is obviously such an important part of, you know, how we operate in today's day and age. What are some of the common digital mistakes that advisors are making? 
Yeah, so I'll give you five that I see probably most frequently. One is they don't take the time and they wait too long to maximize their digital presence. You know, they're doing all this reach out and yet there's not even a picture of them online or, you know, you can tell they haven't touched anything. So don't wait. Two, they push content without clarity about that audience of or their message. So it doesn't really speak to anyone and their message feels inconsistent or just tells me your title versus really how you would help me. Three, the information is outdated or irrelevant. You know, they have old photos or information or the brand look and feels not considered like a cover photo of maybe a busy downtown skyline when you live in a rural community and maybe you work with more farmers so it doesn't feel like it resonates. They're hard to connect with. You know, their contact information is hard to find. They have different names on different platforms. So you try Googling and you're like, I can't find them or which one of these is theirs. Or maybe I prefer Facebook and I can't find you on there. Now I got to go out and try to find you somewhere else. So make it easy to connect with. And finally, they focus on their number of connections versus really making a connection. So I encourage you to Google yourself every three months and ask yourself, if you were your ideal client, what would you think? And then pick maybe one or two things to implement that quarter. That's what's going to keep your content fresh, relevant, manageable, and keep you higher in the search results. Oh my gosh, I just wrote that down. Focus on the number of connections versus making a connection. I literally had a rep today that I was coaching this morning. And when I asked him what his wins were, he told me, he said, I feel like I'm finally making connections and it feels so good. And we had been focused on needing more names, needing more names. And we switched the focus to um, getting out in the community and getting involved and getting to know people and what a difference that made. Um, Because when you do make the connections, it's not about the numbers that kind of just comes naturally. Yeah. That's awesome. Really good. Um, Last question for you um, before we wrap up. How can advisors get more introductions versus just chase leads? Yeah, yeah. So as we talked about, you know, marketing is definitely a huge part of prospecting. Um, So in addition to what we've already talked about, when you're talking about more specifically prospecting and asking for referrals, uh, number one, you know, is if something is a problem, make it a process. I can't remember where I heard that years ago with NNM, and that really stuck with me as if it's a problem, make it a process, and that is the first place to start. Then make it clear of who you're asking for. Uh, Make it easy to do. And finally, make people feel valued. Thank them, communicate what's going on with the status of that introduction, and reciprocate it. You know, that how can you help connect them to somebody as well? So those would be some of the key things that I think that really help to set them apart. Great ideas. Thank you. Sabina, any final questions from you? No, this has been awesome. It's been so fun. Yeah, <laughs> so fun. Thank great. you for sharing great, your fun ideas. Fun to be in the studio with you yeah, guys. Yeah, absolutely. Um, if people have additional questions, obviously you've got that marketing background. You're a marketing guru. They want to learn more about what you do or how you can add value. What's the best way for them to get a hold of you? Yeah, yeah. Well, there's many ways you can connect with me. I'm definitely active on uh, Facebook or uh, LinkedIn, or you can go to Jen the Playmaker, playmakercoach.com and connect with me. And as I said, you know, a lot of this came about uh, or is refocused a little bit from some of our conversations with newer advisors. And the next step really for those new advisors if they're interested in learning more is to join the Champions Club Brand Bootcamp. And what it is is a a two-month program specifically designed for under five-year advisors to help them stand out, gain more clarity on the problem they solve, and enhance their digital presence by making sure we're updating their website, their social media profiles, and maximizing their search presence. 
And what it does is provides that online presence that speaks for them to attract more ideal clients, helping those advisors to set more appointments. And what it means is that they don't have to do it alone. They don't have to struggle with what to write or find the time to update their digital presence when they're just trying to make it. They have a coach that's worked with financial advisors within a home office and with compliance for over two decades that can take the burden off their shoulders. So whether an advisor hasn't touched their website, they made a few changes to their online presence, or they just want an expert to, to do it for them, the Champions Club will create that digital presence that speaks for advisors to attract and convert more leads. So, you know, they certainly have two choices of take everything we've talked about today and go do it on your own and risk wasting time or taking them away from, you know, those offensive duties of being in front of more clients or trying to get more clients or they can leverage an expert to help them every step of the way. So to help you guys get started too, if you're interested in learning more, we're extending entry into our fall program actually through um, the next week. So you can go to playmakercoach.com backslash champions. And we'd love to talk with offices too in terms of how we could help bring something like this to your advisors uh, to help even more advisors get off to a fast start. So ultimately, we know it's human nature to, you know, wait, right, to wait and put things off. It's almost the end of the year. Let's just wait until January. But here's the deal. You're never going to be not busy. So I want you to take action. And the reason I want you to take action is because I know that this will help improve your business. It will help improve your advisors. It will help improve their life, just like you talked about, Heather, with making those true connections and how much more exciting and fun it is when we approach it from that perspective. So we want you to play full out and to see a day when digital is attracting clients, when others say, how are your advisors getting so many new leads? The time is now. Uh, so we hope we can continue the conversation. Reach out to us at playmakercoach.com. Awesome. Thank you so much for your time and for sharing your expertise. And to our listeners, thank you as always for joining us. And we look forward to being with you soon. Okay. Thank you. We appreciate it. Have a great day. Thanks for joining us today for Activity Coaching Conversations with Heather and Sabina. If you found value in this conversation, please like, share, and leave a review in your favorite podcast app. And to learn more about our activity coaching clinics and how to hone your skills, visit heatherpriceconsulting.com. Link is in the show notes. Thanks again for listening. Keep learning and growing.